We're going to read from First John. Chapter 1. Okay, I'm going to do that. All right, First John 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at with our hands, have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared, we have seen it and testified to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you may also, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. If we walk in the light, and he is in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his Son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word has no place in our lives. First John, this book is written to a whole plethora of people. And it was sent out and it was read to people throughout the community. Okay? When your wife gets here, go like this or something like that. Okay? So, uh, and the purpose of this epistle, this letter, is to begin to help us understand the relationship now, now listen, this is, this is important. Please listen to this. The relationship from God the Father to the Son by the Spirit to born-again people where the new Eden is going to be built. And that's another subject for another time. So, so anyone who knows Jesus Christ has the Holy Spirit in them and the Word of God and salvation, but they are righteous. That's their state after they are saved. And the relationship between God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and those of us who have come to know Jesus Christ live in the righteousness of God. If we do not have that relationship, we live in darkness. This passage goes clear back to Isaiah where it says there were a great number of people living in darkness that saw a great light. It was a prophetic announcement of the coming of Jesus, the Savior, which we will celebrate his birthday in December, his coming, his advent as it is called, the coming of Christ. Those people in darkness are, are like I was when I was 17, and I did not know Jesus Christ, and I was walking in darkness. I was living under the influence of my flesh, the world, the flesh, and the devil. I was being manipulated in my flesh, and I lived in darkness. And then somebody shared with me Jesus Christ, 
And it dawned on me, Jesus dawned on me the light of God, which is Jesus Christ. And I began to walk towards it, and Christ saved me and cleansed me from sin. Now that's what this epistle is about. The second thing that it is about, the, the first four, chap, four verses of chapter 1 is, is about who Jesus is. I love this passage of Scripture. Listen to what it says. He was here from the, the beginning, verse 1. He was here from the beginning. That means Genesis. Over 6,000 years ago when the world was created, Jesus was there and he were participated in the creation of the heavens, the earth, the star, the moon, the sun, the, the trees, the shrubs, the flowers, the ocean, the fish, everything. He, he was involved in it and the creation of man. He was there in the beginning. So he's eternal in his nature. John goes on and brings him down from his creative relationship that is with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit in heaven. And he brings him down to earth because Jesus came at birth. And this is, this is setting up our celebration of Thanksgiving and Christmas. And it says, since he came, we heard him. Did you know that it's still possible today to hear Jesus Christ? Do you know that? Amen? Amen. You can hear him in the word of God, the Bible. You can hear him as he speaks to your heart. And sometimes, rarely, but sometimes, he will speak to you verbally, audibly. I don't know what the word is. Is that right, audibly? Occasionally he'll do that. But we heard him. So, so this divine holy being that was part of the creation of all the universe, John is saying, I heard God. I heard him teach. I heard him say my name. I heard him tell me I, that he loved me. Do you hear that? That's possible, or he'd never said it. Not only did he say, we heard Jesus, he said, I saw him. I saw him walk long distances without getting tired. I saw him in his perfect face, his perfect body. I saw him as he slept. I saw him as he ate. I saw him take his hand and touch people and their diseases were healed. The demons were spread away and sent away. I saw him, he says. I saw Jesus. He goes on to say, I touched him. John not only touched him when he was alive, he touched him when he was dead. Carried him to his grave. He was actively involved in the burial and resurrection of Jesus. Not the resurrection, but Jesus' burial. 
He handled him. He hugged him. God laid his hands on him and prayed for him. This is so important for us to understand that a relationship with God through Jesus Christ is personal in its nature. That when you bow your head today, and and you need to understand this, and you give your heart to Jesus Christ, he comes in and personally forgives you of your sins. Who said amen? Say it again. Amen. Yeah. You guys should be a little bit excited about this. Isn't that right? Amen. (laughs) Personally, he walks with you every day of your life. That's the whole, these first four verses are absolutely essential for you to understand the intimacy of the relationship between the living God through Jesus Christ and us. You. When you're afraid, he's with you. When you need strength, he strengthens you. When you need wisdom, he gives you wisdom. If there's information you need that you don't understand, he will teach you. This is who we are talking about. The reason he's teaching this is that there was a teaching going around. We won't talk about the Gnostics, but that's what the teaching was. This was against Gnosticism. Well, what's that? It doesn't matter. It was false teaching. Matter of fact, one of the things about Gnostics were that they, they believed that once they came in contact with Jesus Christ, guess what? They never sinned anymore. Now you know why he says what he does in his first chapter. They couldn't lose their salvation is what they were saying because they had met God. The second half of chapter 1 talks about that detail. I love verse 4. He tells us all about Jesus and the rest of the epistle and he says this about the purpose of the epistle, the letter. I write this letter to you, that's what it is, to make your joy complete. What does that mean? To let you understand that the power of God's Holy Spirit is always present in a believer's life. Listen, listen. In a believer's life, no matter what set of circumstances you are going through right now, Amen. Yeah, I like woo. like woo. Doesn't matter what it is. Whether your marriage isn't going well, whether your children are running away from God, or whether you've lost your job, or whether the world falls apart. It doesn't matter. Your joy is made complete because the Holy Spirit will be active in that environment, whatever it is in your life, whatever the pain is. And you will be full of joy knowing that God will work out his perfect will in your life. God God showed Jeannie and I yesterday an answer to prayer that I had been praying. Jeannie and I had talked about it. Um, I'm not going to tell you the details of it, but I'm going to tell you this much. The, The person that he answered the prayer for 
Is that got some water in it there too? The person that he answered this prayer for did not believe. Just throw it here. I'll catch it. The person that he answered this prayer for did not think it would ever be answered. Didn't even know we were praying for it. And it was completed. It came to pass. And I said to that person, I said, well, that's one answered prayer. We've got to wait on the other one. I said, what's the other one? That's between me and God, I said. It's coming. Throw it. Huh? Well, that might help. So, my joy was made complete yesterday. Because no matter how difficult a prayer request it was, no matter how far it seemed out of this person's reach, that it wasn't going to happen, it would never happen, and that it was hopeless. That's what they said. That's what was said to me. That the prayer would be hopeless to answer, it came to pass. Do you understand? That's joy. No matter what I'm involved in. I love it. I could just preach on that. Verse 5. As a result of everything through 1 through 4, he comes to verse number 5 and he says, This is the message I have heard from him. God gave John a message. And he wants this message to be spread to the people that this letter was to be read to. That includes who? Does anybody have an idea who else it includes? Me. Eric said yes. Me. You. Donna. Wayne. Tony. Everybody. George. Who? George. Twice for George. <laughs> Way to go, George. Both George. Here's the message. Here's something he wants us to understand. God is light. Do you see all these lights? They're lights, but they're not God. So they're light. If, if you'll notice, there's different shades, different colors, different brightnesses, different wattages, different volts, because it's run by electricity. But this message is that God is light. He is the one that the people in darkness saw. He saw. They saw him. There's a really interesting thing about this whole thing as we get into it, and that is that people who live in darkness really are not comfortable there no matter how much they seem like they like being there. And some of you have just came out of darkness, and you understand exactly what I'm talking about. And some of you are in darkness and you're uncomfortable, but you don't understand if there's ever an answer to your uncomfortableness. You with me? You don't understand it. But there is a light. And God is that light. And if you are still in the darkness, the light 
draws you to it. And when you learn more and more and more about Jesus Christ and his salvation, you want to know more and more and more. It is a hunger. In the Old Testament, it says it's like a a sheep, a deer panting after water. I want to go get some more water. I want to be near the water. I want to be in the light. I want to be near the light. Because it looks like something is being said to me by the nature of the light. That thing that is drawing you is freedom in Christ. Free from sin and death. And the things of the world. You you with me? So that's the message. The other message he said, there are two things. God is light. And there's no darkness in him. I've known several people in my ministry that lived in darkness. They were in probably the deepest darkness anybody could live in. All kinds of perverse, ungodly dangerous things were in that darkness. And no matter where they looked around them, the only thing that was there was darkness. And when, when we are in darkness and there is no light of Jesus Christ, our flesh is drawn to that darkness more and more and more. Okay? But in God, there is no darkness. So you can be assured of this one thing. I want you to be assured of this one thing. When you are drawn to the Lord Jesus Christ, and you get freedom in Jesus Christ, you don't ever have to worry about any darkness that can overcome you. And engulf you. Surround you. It cannot do it. Because the nature of darkness. Has no power. Over the light of God. Amen. I don't know if you're asleep or not. Verse 6. Now he gets into that teaching, that Gnostic teaching. He's addressing a problem with their philosophical view of God, which is a lie. It's darkness. You with me? It's darkness. And this philosophical view in verse 6 is, if we claim to have fellowship with God, yet we walk in darkness anyhow, we lie. What does that mean? Well, if I say that I am in God's light and I get up every morning and I've already planned when I get up that I'm going to continue to live in bitterness and unforgiveness and prejudice and fear, if I continue to want to live in that, I'm walking in darkness. That's what it means. When you get up in the morning and there's somebody you hate and you've already declared in your heart you have every reason to hate that person. 
or somebody hurt you, somebody abused you, somebody rejected you, and you, you tell yourself that you've got a grudge against them, that's walking in darkness. That hinders the growth of a Christian in the relationship with Jesus Christ, and it causes them to walk in darkness and not light. Now, notice it didn't say it didn't say you weren't saved. Now, does it say that? If you claim to have fellowship with Him yet walk in darkness, you lie, and the and you do not live out the truth. That's what it's saying. It's saying you don't live in the truth, even though you're saved. In the Ephesus church, in the book of Revelation, it calls being lukewarm. Lukewarm is not hot, not cold. Jesus said, I will spew you out of my mouth. What's that mean? You want to see? Only because Lily's there, I won't do it. <laughs> you guys are listening. That's great. Now, do you hear? Do you hear what he's saying here? If you go around saying I'm a, I'm a Christian and I'm born again, but you have bitterness and anger in your heart, you're a liar. You're not walking in Christ in the light. You're not. We've got to be careful. So how do I know? Here's a, you, nobody asked, but they should have. Somebody should have raised their hand and said, Mike, how do I know if I'm walking in darkness or not? There's only one person who knows it, the Holy Spirit that dwells inside of you. Did you know that? And he says to you, you say, Lord God, and is there anything inside of me today that I need to repent of, he'll show you. If you say, oh, no, not that. I don't want to forgive that person. Then you're walking in darkness. Does this all make sense to you now? Does it? Does it make sense? But in verse 7, if we walk in the light as Jesus is in the light. He is Jesus. And Jesus is the incarnation of the right-hand Son of God in a human soul, in a human being. That's the incarnation. So Jesus was on earth. People hated him. They killed him. They, all of that. And he said, I forgive them. So if we walk in the light the way he walked in the light, and that is to forgive your enemies, forgive those people who abuse you, who use you, who try to destroy you, and there are people trying to destroy people today. If you walk in the light as Jesus is in the light, guess what? To walk in the light like Jesus does not mean you're perfect. See, a lot of people and a lot of doctrine that is taught today is taught and said if you do, they got checklists. 
If you go in and they have, they'll have seven core issues and they say, we believe this. If you believe that, you're okay. And they'll say, Do you, we believe this. And if you believe that, you're okay. Seven, eight, ten, as many as 15. I saw one that were 25. And if you could check all 25 of those, they believed you're walking in the light. You see, but that's not, that's not what this is talking about. This is a relationship. This is a relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, what's he mean? When the Holy Spirit in your prayer time, as you go before the Lord, he will speak to you and he will say, this needs to be dealt with in your heart. And you bow your head. Where did Jesus do that? On the cross. And you say, I forgive that person just like Jesus forgave me on the cross. He said, forgive them, Father, for my sin was against him. I did it against Jesus. Your sin did too. You don't know that. That's the way it was planned out in the beginning from the book of Genesis. I'll explain that to you if you want me to. But my sin is against God's will. And Jesus said, I forgive them, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name. And he took my punishment that I deserved on that cross. That's how we walk in the light like he does. Saying, Father, forgive me. I forgive my boss for what the embarrassment that they did to me in front of other people that I work with. I forgive my boss in Jesus' name. I forgive my wife for saying what she did. I forgive my husband for acting like a horse is behind. When I do that, I'm walking in the light because Jesus said to us when he was resurrected, he said, forgive one another even as I have forgiven you. You see what I'm saying? Forgiveness is the most powerful relationship skill on planet Earth. Did you know that? It's more powerful than hate. And if we're going to walk in Christ, in the light, we must learn that we need to ask for forgiveness and forgive people. So the Holy Spirit, you're having your Bible study and your prayer time, you're driving down the road and all of a sudden this comes to your light, you need to forgive Pastor Mike for being an idiot. And, 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 and you say, Lord, that's hard, and you pray a little bit, and the Lord says, I'll give you the strength to forgive him. And you say, okay, I'll forgive him, and I forgive him in Jesus' name. That is repentance. And when repentance happens, there's a part of you that needs to be purified. And he talks about that in the next couple of verses, and we'll talk about it. You said, but Mike, so many people have hurt me. Well, you better get busy forgiving them. You understand? Just work on it. Just do two a day. All right? Just do. Once you see that it works, you'll get more and more aggressive with it. 
But if we walk in the light as he walks in the light, we have fellowship with, he didn't say with God only. What else did he say? That means that Nathan has fellowship with Wayne. That's what it says, one another. You two have fellowship together. The body has fellowship together. Look, look it says, Fellowship with one another, now listen, and the blood in forgiveness, the sacrifice blood of Christ on the cross was shed to cleanse me of my sin. And that very blood of Jesus, his son, does what? Now see, we're talking about born again Christians here. We're not talking about unsaved people. We're talking about people who want to be the righteousness of Christ. And there's a process of called repentant lifestyle. That's what this is. And what it does is, is it cleanses us, purifies us. What does purify mean? You, you've seen them bottles. I see people carrying these bottles around, and it's got water in it, and it says it purifies it. It's got a purification system in it. You've seen them. And what's it supposed to do? To draw out all the impurities so it doesn't go into your body and it's healthier water. Okay? That's what, that's what purification is. But spiritually, the blood of Jesus Christ eradicates sin and darkness and turns it to light and life. Light and life. Holy Spirit, light and light. From all sin. There's that word again, one of the most powerful words in the scripture, A-double-L, all sin. It's Luke chapter 10, verse 18 and 19, he says he gives you authority over all sin, whatever it is. Okay? He goes on in verse 8. He, sa- he, he goes back to that Gnostic teaching again. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. I, years ago, I'm talking 30 years ago, I, I, I was talking to a man, and he says, well, he says, well, pastor, I'm sanctified. I said, what in the world do you mean? He says, well, I came to the point where there is no sin in my nature whatsoever. I said, you did? <laughs> he said, Yes. And I said, you haven't read 1 John then, have you? He goes, what do you mean? I said, uh, if we claim to be without sin, it says down there, we deceive ourselves. Was that man deceiving himself? Yes. And the truth is not in us. What happens if truth does not live in a human being? Death takes its place. Where there's no truth, there's death. These are hard truths, people. You've got to understand this. If you don't understand this, don't believe the philosophy of this world. If you do not understand if the truth is not in... Let's take pay, for example. All right? 
Let's say you work 40 hours, say 80 hours they pay every two weeks. And, and you come up and it's time for you to get your, to collect your paycheck or to look at the bank to see if it was deposited. And it wasn't there because they did not truthfully mark the hours that you worked. And there was no truth in that relationship between you and that company. That means you're not going to get paid. And why would you work another two weeks? Truth is not in you. When there's no truth, there's death. There's deception. There's lying. You say, that doesn't happen. Yes, it does. I know a lady. She had not been paid for six months and she still worked. She couldn't apply for unemployment. She was trapped. Verse 9, if we confess our sin, if God tells us to forgive the pastor because he hurt you, if you confess your sin and you say, God, I have unforgiveness against Mike Dean. When we confess that, it says up here, he is faithful and just to forgive you of all of our sin, to forgive us our sin and purify us. He uses that word again, eradicate, get rid of, from all unrighteousness. Remember, our goal is not to be perfect. There is not a perfect person in this church. But there are righteous people in this church. We are righteous because Jesus Christ made us righteous. I have really a, a slam bang finish, so I want to I want to stop here because John wants to introduce his wife and somebody else. I don't know who it is. Do you mind introduce them? Everybody, look over here. Yeah. Cammy and John. Have you had him on the wrestling mat yet? Nope. <laughs> do, the, do the ladies have permission to come over and look at it? I always say that because it wouldn't matter what I said. The ladies would go over and see it. Isn't that right? You going? You going this? Yeah, she said, yeah. I'm going. Verse 10. People, you've got, you've got to get the word real. <coughs> you've got to understand something about verse 10. <coughs> if we claim that we have not sinned, we make him out a liar. And his, his word is not in us. There are people that you and I know that say that no matter what we do, we're going to go to heaven. 
they are not careful about their relationship with God. And they're really not worried about this thing called repentance because they believe in something somebody, some human thought up. My friends, we've got to become very honest with God. We do things that are a sin. The first time you get mad at your spouse and you don't ask for forgiveness, you're walking in sin. That's called walking in darkness. It's what it is. The hardest place for me to be a Christian is in my home. You know that? Hardest thing. You all know that. Even if we live alone. We have a lot of people that are living with us when we're living alone that we constantly have to deal with in our head and our heart. It is my will, my desire, that we confess our sin and live in that repentant attitude. <coughs> Now, if you've you heard me talk about Jesus today and, and you would like to know him personally, I would be happy to introduce you to Christ today so that you could walk in the light with us. Wouldn't you like to have more people walk in the light with us? Well, you're not real excited. Amen. Amen. We're not sure they like you like walking in the light? I like walking in the light. Don't, don't you guys? Absolutely. I want others to walk in the light with us. So if you would like to walk in the light, please come up and I'll pray with you, teach you how to have a relationship with Christ. And if you have a sin that you need to give up and you want to confess to the Lord, I'll pray with you. Okay? Or Kip will. Or Greg, will you do that? Why? Because we love you. We love walking in the light with Christ and you. We love that. We love to do it. They're not back yet. You know why they're not back? Because Caleb's teaching a biblical principle on art. Remember he said he was going to talk about a particular picture? So can we go ahead and pray and go ahead and dismiss and he'll come back and I'll say what happened? Is that okay? All in favor of not texting Caleb, say aye. Let's, let's stand and pray. Oh, Father God, we love you. We praise you. We give you glory and honor. We magnify your name. And we just ask, Lord, that you'll teach us to walk in the truth and live in righteousness and be in harmony with God. And Lord, please speak to our heart right now. If we need to give our life to Christ, please 
Show us the urgency of it. I pray, Father, all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.